Hey, Pathway family, so thankful that you're joining us online today. Happy New Year, and we finally get to turn that page, get to move into a new year. See that calendar go from 2020 to 2021, 2021, here we are. And uh, with that brings a, a certain level of excitement. I know many of us are ready to be done with the year 2020. It's been a challenging year. It's been a, a year that, that honestly is probably gonna need its own history textbook. There's so much that happened. Some good, most of it not so good. It's been a challenging year. There's been a collective pain that, that we have experienced that is unlike any year that, that most of us have lived through. And so into this new year we come. And into this new year, what we want to do is really hit reset. We don't want to do over. We don't want to start over. We don't want to go back to the way things were uh, at the beginning of 2020 because things are just different now. And, and we have learned some things along the way. We, we kind of just want to do a reset. We want to press the reset button, and I deeply believe that 2020 was a revealing year for us. When we look at the year, we see that we were squeezed, and we were pressed, and we were tried, and we know that when we are squeezed, what is on the inside comes out. It was a revealing year for all of us. What came out? For some of us, it was good things, but not for all of us. And so we need to hit reset. When you think about most devices that we have, where's the reset button? Think about any, any device maybe you have, maybe it's a, a game console or a remote or, or something like that. Where's the reset button? It's usually not one of those big buttons right in front of you. It's usually not on the face of, of whatever you're using. It's usually hidden somewhere. Sometimes you have to even get out a tiny little screwdriver to, to unscrew something, to, to pull off a, a piece of whatever it is and, and find that little reset button. And you can't just press the reset button, right? You sometimes need one of these. You need to get a, a paper clip, you need to undo the paper clip and you need to kind of find that little thing and you just gotta like poke it into that little hole, right? And, and press the reset button. It's not always clear, it's not always easy to see or easy to find. On your smartphone, I went to see, okay, how do I hit reset on my phone? And so what I have to do is I have to go through to my settings, go into general settings, and go find the reset tab. And when I go into the reset tab, I've got six different options to reset my phone. Did you know there, there were that many options? I thought I would just go in and there'd be one, but there are six different options to reset my phone. I can reset everything, completely back to factory settings. I, I can go all the way back, just completely reset it all. Or I can reset a few things, or just one thing. There are multiple options for reset. And I think the same idea applies in our own lives. When we reset, we're not always sure where we need to reset. We're not always sure how to do it. It takes a little bit of time to figure it out. It takes self-reflection and humility. It takes a little bit of maturity to see where we need to reset. During this reflection, we, we often realize that, hey, we may not need like that completely restore back to factory settings overhaul in our lives, but what we need is that little reset. Reset on, on a few things that really do make a big difference. What we need is a little bit more specific, a little bit more fine-tuned. There are areas of our daily life that have maybe gotten out of sync. Pieces of our heart, soul, mind, or strength that have wandered away from loving the Lord our God. Maybe a piece of us that has gotten away from loving our neighbor as ourselves. 
It's these small areas of our daily life that make a significant impact over the long haul. And so what we want to do today is we want to press reset on some specific areas in our life. We want to get out that paper clip, we want to unfold it, and we want to press reset. So our main passage for today comes from the book of Romans. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, and it, it says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Paul is writing to his fellow believers, his brothers and sisters in Christ. And honestly, what we see is this is a family chat. So as we chat, Pathway family, let's move forward and look to God's mercy. The mercy of God that, that didn't give us what we as sinners deserve, but the very mercy that sent Jesus Christ to be born of the Virgin Mary that we celebrate at Christmas time, but really to die the perfect, sinless death, paying the price for your sins and for mine because of the mercy of God, so that we might walk in peace with God and in new life through Christ Jesus our Lord. As we see that kind of mercy, we are called to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. You're still alive, continually offering yourself as a sacrifice to the Lord, to be used in praise and honor and worship of Him. As you again see that kind of mercy, we are to live a life that is holy and pleasing to God. That's how you worship, truly and properly worship God. It's not about church attendance. It's not about giving generously. It's not about serving the less fortunate, as great and wonderful as those things are. What God desires is our hearts, not just our hands. Again, as we see that kind of mercy, Paul reminds us, don't conform yourself to the world and its perspectives or priorities or pursuits, the, the patterns of this world. Instead, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So as we push reset, as we enter this new year, I believe there are, there are three things that, that we need to reset. And so reset number one, right, we're going to take out this Paperclip, reset number one is to renew our perspective. So we're going to take this and we're, and we're going to press reset on our perspective. We need to renew our perspective. The first thing we need to do is to remember that we have a dual citizenship. A dual citizenship. What we see in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 18 through 20, it says, For as I have often told you before, and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. And their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like His glorious body. 
Yes, we live in this world, but this world is, is not all there is. For every Christian, your citizenship is also in heaven. You are called to live as a citizen of heaven right here and right now, even as you reside on this earth, which is why we have dual citizenship. The second part of verse 20 reminds us that we have a Savior from heaven. We await this Savior from heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ, knowing that Christ will return. Of that we are certain, and in that we hope. Until the second coming of Jesus Christ, we are to be found faithful. May we do so eagerly, knowing that we serve Jesus Christ, the risen Savior. We need to renew our perspective by remembering that we have a dual citizenship. The second way that we do this is renewing our perspective uh, in the way that we interact and engage with other people. God places a, a high priority, not just on loving Him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, but also in the way that we love our neighbor. We are to be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. We see this in James chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. James writes, My dear brothers and sisters, again, that brothers and sisters, this family chat, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. He doesn't just stop there, though. Verse 20 says, Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Again, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. If we look around, there are many things that are dividing us. There are too many things. Many things the enemy is using to wedge between our unity as the body of Christ. I kept my mask right here because I wanted to use this as an illustration. Who knew that, that such a small piece of cloth could be so divisive, could destroy so much unity between us? Is that how it's supposed to be for the people of God? I don't think it is. I worry that, that we find it easier, honestly, to be offended and to respond with human anger than we do to be loving and respond with humility and understanding toward one another. It's something we need to repent of. Instead, may we be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. So what does this look like practically as we renew our perspective? I think we go back to the motherly wisdom on this one, that, that God gave us two ears and one mouth. That means we should listen at least twice as much as we speak. I think we need to give others the benefit of the doubt. We desire that ourselves, to be given the benefit of the doubt. May we be quick to give it to others as well. We need to seek to understand someone else's heart before we speak our mind. Maybe you need to apologize to someone or renew a relationship. Maybe repent of certain attitudes or thoughts or actions. Whatever you need to do, do it as you are being transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that was reset number one, to renew our perspective. Reset number two, again, we're going to take out our paperclip. We're going to unfold it and we're going to press reset, not only on our perspective, but also on our Priorities. We need to realign our 
priorities. 2020 again revealed so much about us. It revealed our priorities of what we use our time and our resources and our energies for. And we had to reevaluate them because many of our priorities were no longer an option for much of the year. Even now, they may not be an option. Even gathering with family or friends, going to school or work in person, even having a job that you are secure in, coming to church. There's a reason that you're watching this online right now because it has been quite a year. And yet here we are. A synonym of priority is preference. Preferences are subjective. What you prefer, I may not prefer. You may prefer Diet Coke. I may prefer coffee. You may prefer sauerkraut. I prefer almost anything else. You may prefer watching tennis. I I prefer football. You may prefer the sun and the beach. And, well, honestly, in this weather, I probably prefer that as well. But what do preferences have to do with our spiritual life? I think preferences sneak into our spiritual life and create disunity. If I may be so bold as to say we prefer a certain seat or a certain style of music. We prefer to be around certain types of people. We prefer to be treated a certain way. We prefer to not be made too uncomfortable or look too closely at our own sin. We prefer to live how we want during the week and then maybe come to church and, and confess our sins on Sunday so that we are ready to go into another week living however we feel like it. Preferences have very little place in the body of Christ. In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the Apostle Paul tells us this. He's writing and he says in verse 23, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. Eat anything sold in the meat market without raising questions of conscience, for the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. If an unbeliever invites you to a meal and and you want to go, eat whatever is put before you without raising questions of conscience. But if someone says to you, this has been offered in sacrifice, then do not eat it, both for the sake of the one who told you and for the sake of conscience." There were some dietary restrictions that that some were following and and others weren't. To some, it was a big deal, and to others, it wasn't as big of a deal. And Paul's advice was that just because it's not a big deal to you doesn't mean you should disregard your brother or sister who feels differently. Instead, his advice is don't eat it. Don't do it for their sake and the sake of conscience. He continues in 1 Corinthians 10 saying, In verse 31, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews, Greeks, or the church of God, even as I try to please everyone in every way, for I am not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so that they may be saved. We live in a time where priority has been given to preference. But Paul upends that and he says, do not cause anyone to stumble. It's not about seeking your own good or your own preference, but the good of many so that they may be saved. As we realign our priorities, the priority is the glory of God, not my preference and not your preference. So what does this look like practically as we realign our priorities? We realign these priorities under the banner of bringing God glory in all that we do. 
We want to prioritize serving others. It gets us beyond ourselves to, to seeing other people the way that our Heavenly Father sees them. There are a number of places where you can get plugged into doing that here at Pathway or in our community. So many opportunities to serve others. Maybe you need to prioritize relationships. Before you speak or post, maybe you need to run it through the filter of how does this bring glory to God or how will this point someone toward Christ so that they may be saved? Ask that question first and it will probably change what you say or what you post. We need to prioritize relationships to the glory of God, not not our feelings of preference. Maybe you need to get plugged into a small group or uh, a Bible study or prioritize getting in relationship with believers in Jesus who are going to encourage you and challenge you to stay faithful to the Lord, not always telling you what you want to hear, not always telling you things that you prefer to hear or to feel, but pointing you to Christ. We need to realign our priorities to match what the Word of God reveals should be our priority, knowing that it's all about Jesus Christ. He is the priority over my preference. So we need to renew our perspective, realign our priorities, and last but certainly not least, we need to reset and re-engage our pursuit. So here we go with our last paperclip, reset number three, boom, re-engage our pursuits. There's a particular passage of scripture that that I love on this topic, and and I feel these words every time I read them. It it creates in me this desire for these words to be true in my life, and it comes from the Psalm 63, verse 1. Here's what the psalmist writes. He says, O God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Did you feel that? We're going to read it again. Like, feel these words. You can't say them without like this this depth of like, ah, feel these, right? Oh God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Hopefully you caught those words, the the earnest and the yearning that just have like this this feeling behind the words. I would encourage you, even right where you are, just say those words out loud. Earnestly, yearn. Like you, you feel those words. And what we feel is the question of, what am I pursuing? What am I chasing after? The the Hebrew word for earnestly means to look diligently for. It's an active pursuit. Imagine you've you've lost something you highly value. Maybe, Maybe a child or some money or something like that. Maybe you lost something. Or maybe you lost your phone, right? When you lose your phone, do you just go on with your day? Most of us don't, right? We, we look for it diligently until we find it, and then we can go about our day. We don't go anywhere until we found what we lost. We look diligently for it. Recently, we were on the toll road driving through Ohio, and, you know, our kids and I, our kids and us were ready to get out of the car and kind of stretch our legs a little bit. We'd been in the car for a couple hours, and so we're ready to get out. So we stop at a toll plaza in Ohio, and, uh, and we get out and we kind of wander around, you know, stretch our legs a little bit, get, get all the, the jitters out and all that kind of stuff. Then we get back in the car, drive over to the gas station por- portion of the plaza. And uh, as we're there at the gas station, I realize, oh, wait, I don't have my wallet. 
how can I pay for gas? Okay, so I use Connie's wallet, it's no big deal, like use her credit card, and uh, I'm like, well, my coat's in the back, so like maybe it's just in the trunk with my coat. Like I'm not quite sure where my wallet is, but I'm pretty sure it's back there. So we just keep going, you know, it's like we're in the car, we're gonna go. So we drive, and, and long story short, I didn't need my wallet the whole weekend, so I didn't really spend much time looking for it. But then we get home, and when we get home, I still don't know where my wallet is, and I look diligently for it. I look, and 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 it is nowhere to be found. It snowed. I, I checked in the snow. I, I like shoveled and, and moved snow around, looking like maybe it fell out. Maybe it's here. Maybe it's there outside. I don't know. I, I checked my car. I checked Connie's car. I looked everywhere that I could. I, I came to my office and checked my office. I checked under things, in things. I went everywhere that I could to try to retrace my steps and figure out where is my wallet. Now I'm a little bit stressed. It's a few days into it, and I still haven't found my wallet. So I called the toll road and I called that plaza and I'm like, hey, do you happen to have like a wallet in the lost and found? And sure enough, like blew my mind in their lost and found, they have my wallet. I was like, this is amazing. Thank you so much. And so they shipped it to me or like I had to pay for the shipping, but they got it to me the next day. And, and it was amazing. Like my wallet was there with everything still in it. All my credit cards, my ID, money, gift cards, like everything was still in that wallet. And it was such a sense of, of relief. Like, oh, thank you. It is still here. I looked diligently for it while it was lost. And so when we think about this earnest, to look diligently for the Lord, imagine that level of looking diligently for God. Not just when something's lost, not just once in a while or when we're in need or something is going wrong in our lives, but daily, earnestly seeking after God, yearning for the Lord. What would that change? This is the earnest pursuit, the, the active pursuit that David highlights in this psalm, and this is the pursuit that I think we need to re-engage this year, to, to seek after him first, loving him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. I, I think we need to enter this year with a, a spiritual hunger and fervor to earnestly yearn after the Lord. So what does this practically look like as we re-engage our pursuits? The first thing is consider your schedule. Look at where your time goes. We have time for a lot of things, no matter how busy we feel. How can you earnestly yearn for God this year in the way that you use your time? I think the other thing we need to consider is consider your engagement with the Word of God. You can't yearn after the Lord if you're not spending time in His Word, spending time at His feet in prayer. How are you engaging with the Word of God? What do you need to reset in that. Maybe you need to commit to reading the Bible through in a year or at least starting a, a reading plan uh, with a family member or friend to keep you accountable. Maybe you need to join a small group. Maybe you need to get plugged into the men's ministry or women's ministry. Maybe you need to start coming or send your kids to Awana or Crosstown or, or the student ministry and re-engage that pursuit of the Lord. Re-engage that, that active pursuit, that earnest searching and seeking after Him. My prayer for you, brothers and sisters, is that 2020 would be a year of your life where you experience a depth of God that you never have before. I pray that you would experience His presence in a very real and personal way, that you would live for His glory regardless of the cost. And maybe you need to start the new year off in a relationship with Jesus Christ for the first time. 
You can do that right now. You, you can pray where you are. You can turn right now in, into Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13. You can look at what scripture says about confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You can go to, to, through the whole Romans road and see that for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But God demonstrates his own love toward us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, which means you don't clean yourself up and then come to God. You come to God in your mess. And he makes you new. You can see that the wages or the penalty, the payment of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. You can see that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can pray right now. You can pause this video between you and the Lord. You can pray, confess your sins, repent of them, turn toward Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. You can look at what 2 Corinthians 5.17 says about becoming a new creation, that old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. As you follow Jesus, he gives you new desires, new uh, pursuits and, and perspectives. If you did that today, we would love to know. Please contact us. Let us know that you began a new relationship with Jesus Christ so that we can help you along in those next steps. Maybe you today just need a spiritual reset and, and a renewed, passionate pursuit, this, this yearning after Christ this year with humility and love and understanding and grace toward others. I, I want to invite you to do the hard work, to press reset and to lean into the Lord. We can do that together this year as we press reset. Let's make 2021 a year that we draw near to the Lord, that we earnestly yearn for Him. Let's pray. Father, we praise You for who You are. We thank You for the gift of Jesus Christ in Your mercy, sending Him to be our Savior. God, I pray that we would draw near to You that we would put down our pride and our insecurity and our uncertainty and we would come to you with open arms, that we would humble ourselves before you, that we would follow in step with you, that we would walk according to the Spirit so we don't gratify the desires of our flesh. God, draw us near this year as we reset, as we begin anew with, with excitement and expectation not just what this year is going to hold, but what you have for us, Lord. How we can bring you glory in all that we do. We pray that would be our, our hope this year. The, the, the thing that we pursue is how can we bring glory to our God in heaven. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.